and welcome back to the show. You're listening to Firearms Cafe. I'm your host, Tony Brown. Today is Sunday, the 13th of January, 2013. This show is part of the Gun Rights Radio Network. Podcasting freedom. One show thingy at a time or something like that. I don't know. Hey, buddy, what you got there? It's my iPhone. I'm listening to my shows. What's on here? Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I'm pretty good with computers and stuff. So you downloaded them using iTunes? No, I'm using Stitcher. M-O-O-N. That spells Stitcher. Oh. Well, how does it work? I don't know. Magic, I guess. I see. Did Uncle Pete put that on your phone for you? Yeah. I watched Spongebob yesterday. (laughs) He he and Patrick were selling chocolate. Before we jump into the show, let's get the contact info out of the way. You can contact me several different ways. I have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. Or you can go to the website, which is firearmscafe.com. On the right-hand side of the page is a Send Voicemail tab. When you click on it, you will be able to send up to a 10-minute message to me using your computer's microphone. You can also record an MP3 or WAV file and email that to me for the show. If you're not comfortable with recording an audio message, please feel free to contact me via email, and I'll read out your comments on the next show. The address for both email and audio content is firearmscafe at gmail.com. Again, that's all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook listener page, a Twitter account, and a YouTube channel. There are buttons for these at the website, so please go there and click on those buttons and like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and subscribe to me on YouTube. These are all free. Finally, there are the forums at Gun Rights Radio Network, where I have the Firearms Cafe subforum. I'm looking forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for spending your time with me and listening to the show. All right, let's go ahead and jump right in with the show. I do have some feedback for you, and I'll start off with some emails that I got. I got uh, two or three emails from a guy named uh, Joe. He's in the healthcare profession and uh, lives closer to the East Coast than the West Coast, and that's sort of all I'll say about that. He sent, uh, like I said, several different emails. A couple of them were things that he had sent where he had also sent out other letters and correspondence to other people and uh, and wanted to let me know kind of what he had done on that level. Uh, one of the emails that he sent talked about how the people who want to ban guns seem to deli- derive a lot of happiness or, or pleasure from being able to take advantage of any type of a tragedy. Uh, they seem to, once they're able to exploit and push through an agenda that they have, they seem to be happy when tragedies happen. Now, on some levels, I would agree with that. On another level, I would say that they're not actually happy that people, uh, especially children, died, but they are happy that they are going to be able to maybe get something through that they haven't been able to. Uh, somebody like Feinstein, I think, is a, a true believer. Uh, people like Schumer, people like Bloomberg, I think, are people that push more for control. And, and believe me, Feinstein pushes for control as well. Uh, but I do think that she is a dyed-in-the-wool uh, believer. He also sent some uh, an email talking about what he termed as liberal logic. And I'll kind of 
condense a little bit of what he had said in there. Basically, it's that, and, and we've talked about this before on the show, that you have a lot of people that who want to take away things or who want to feel entitled to things. They tend to argue with emotion as opposed to logic. And when they use statistics, they're not very well thought out. They don't go beyond the very first level. Uh, so there was a, uh, an ex- a good example of that is the Piers Morgan stuff where the statistics he used really weren't factual. And a lot of the things that he used uh, were uh, what what you would maybe call, uh, sometimes they're called uh, little factoids. And basically, I've, I've talked about some of this stuff before. It's pretty much you'll throw in intellectual red herrings. So you, instead of talking about what the actual statistics say, you'll say, well, what type of gun was used or or you compare A to B when A and B really shouldn't be compared at all. Uh, And so what you do is you sidetrack the actual discussion and get it going down, and and you do that to try and put your opponent, for lack of a better word, on the defensive. Uh, He also talks about, uh, he made a good point of, if the Antis really had their way and got ultimately what they wanted, which would be no guns, no ammo, no manufacturers of those things in this country, that you still have a problem of if all those things were gone, again, those people still want the police and still want the military to have to have uh, firearms and, and ammunition and want them to have things. So you would have to, if there were no manufacturing here in this country, that you would have to have to get your stuff from other sources. So you would have to get them from other countries, which would in effect... Uh, put your national security in the hands of another nation. Uh, And you would say, well, uh, you know, if you buy all your ammunition from Russia or if you buy all your ammunition from Turkey, if that country decides, well, we're not going to sell it to you anymore, then what do you do? Uh, Now, again, in the gun banner's ultimate reality or ultimate dream world, there would still be manufacturers here. They just would never sell them to the public. And so you would have maybe one or two manufacturers uh, that that would supply arms and ammunition to the government. Now, the most important one, and the one that I sort of saved uh, for last, was a point that he made. And again, like I said, he's a healthcare professional, so he's familiar uh, with mental illness. There is, and I forget the actual name of it, but he he references it by. Um, by initials, which is the DSM-5 Mark V manual, uh, which he talks about, and it's a um, it's it's a manual that pretty much spells out kind of what mental illness is, how you diagnose it, all this type of stuff. So I'm going to read a couple of excerpts that he um, that he that he uh, wrote about. And um, it's actually, let me see here. It's the, okay, I found it here in the email. He said there in 2013, there's going to be a new version of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Uh, this is the Bible for medical professional, professionals, excuse me, to diagnose mental illness. And uh, he also talks about that 
I'll go ahead and read this part out here. My fear is that the anti-gun folks, who are generally the writers of this manual, will adjust the manual to promote their anti-gun views. First, the anti-gun folks will get the NRA to agree on common sense legislation that we can all agree on, that people with mental illness cannot get guns. Then the definition, the threshold, the bar, will change on the definition of mental illness and millions of people will suddenly qualify as having mental illness and lose their gun rights. I'm convinced that this is a plan by some anti-gun folks. And in short, the new manual will make it very easy to diagnose a person with mental illness and consequently take away their gun rights. So again, we see a lot of times that if they can't get stuff, if they can't get legislation, what they'll do is they'll use bureaucracy and they will do end runs around laws. They will do things um, by policy that they can't get through. So what they could do is lower the threshold, and this would be sort of the uh, um, ultimate end of the thing to where they would say, well, heck, if you want, even if you want to have a gun for self-defense, there's something a little bit wrong with you, and so you should be limited. And that would be sort of the ultimate thing that, you know, you're only going to get a gun if you don't want a gun. And if you don't want a gun, you're not going to get one, you know. So, uh, and I know I'm kind of rambling here a little bit, but uh, there's so much stuff that's going on and it's uh, it can be overwhelming. So the question becomes, well, what can I do? What What can we do in the gun culture? And what you have to do right now, you need to do a couple of things. Number one, you need to join the NRA. Whether you like them or not, it doesn't matter. Whether you think they are a total BS organization, it doesn't matter. They're the biggest lobby. Uh, now, again, if you go back to the last uh, show I think I did, where I talked about that I thought that they failed in parts of their speech, and parts of their speech were really pretty good. Uh, but what we need now is the numbers. And we need the numbers for the NRA. We need to to really increase the the amount of people that they can go and say this is the amount of people that we represent, and these are the amount of people that will vote you out of office or vote against you if you go against against us, if you go against the Second Amendment, if you push through bans. And I think that they're there reminding them, look what happened in in ninety four. That's you had a forty-year secession of the of the of a democratic majority, and the uh, the the people on on the far left will tell you, well, there were also other things that happened. And, uh, you know, that's look, you, you had a forty-year reign and then it ended pretty much right after that that uh, assault weapons ban went through. So in this case, there is a correlation. And I think there will be, again, I think that uh, what we're going to need to do both on the state level and on the federal level is you've got to contact your people. You have got to call your two senators and you've got to call your representative and you've got to let them know in, in, in no uncertain terms. You don't have to be mean or you don't have to yell or you don't have to get up on a soapbox. You just, look, when I've called them, uh, I called my representative the other day and I called both my senators and I got a hold of, uh, they actually got this to speak to people. And I let them know, I said, look, we don't, I don't want any new firearms legislation coming through because I don't want to be punished for something that somebody else did. 
and I don't want any new laws that aren't going to do anything except punish the people who aren't going to commit crimes anyway. Very succinct, very short, and to the point. The, on, now, on both my senators, what I got from them, from the people in their office, was, oh, okay, thank you, and we'll put that down. When I contacted my representative's office, so the guy who's in the House that represents me, what I got was, hey, and this uh, I'll tell you who my representative is. He's a name by the ma- name of Matt Salmon. He, he's not new to politics. He's new to this office right now. And again, this kind of goes back to the thing when we talk about who are you voting for on your city council? Who are you voting for uh, for your mayor? Who are you voting for for your state legislators? Because those guys eventually are going to maybe end up in Washington or maybe going to be your governor. Um, and so you want to make sure that the people that you're getting there are pro-liberty. And really, if they're pro-liberty, they're going to be pro-gun. They're not going to look for ways to limit and rein you in as a citizen. They're going to look for ways to increase your, excuse me, to increase your own individual liberties. And by increasing the liberties and the freedoms of the individual, you can, you increase the liberties for everybody. And that's what a lot of people on the other side don't understand or don't want to understand. They think that by decreasing liberty and by decreasing freedom for the individual, that you increase it, that you make people safer. And you absolutely don't, you know, uh, for the majority. It's just not true. Uh, You can look at all the crime statistics. You can look at all the crime reports. You can look at other countries. When they've done that, the average guy is the person who comes up on the short end of the stick every single time. So anyway, getting back to what my representative said. His His name is Matt Salmon. And the person in the office said, hey, you don't got to worry about that. Representative Salmon or Congressman Salmon, I think is what he actually said, is a very staunch supporter of the Second Amendment and he's going to fight any new proposals. Now, the other people just said, hey, we'll we'll take down what you said and pass it on. My representative, the guy that represents me from where I live, from Arizona, said, I'm not going, I'm going to fight. I'm not going to stand for this stuff. So... I don't necessarily need to call him up and say, "Hey, I don't want you to. I don't want you to. Uh, I don't want you to support any legislation that bans firearms or, or or limits any type of gun rights." What I need to do is, I still need to call and contact him every week and say, "Hey, I support you. I'm behind you 100 percent, and know that there are a lot of people out here just like me that support you and that will." Uh, you know, when when push comes to shove, we'll stand behind you because you're going to stand behind us. So even if you've got a real pro-gun representative, don't think that they don't need to hear from you because they still do. Even again, if it's just for encouragement, if you call them up and say, hey, I know you're going to fight for me and I appreciate that. And when it comes time for you to be reelected, guess what? You got my vote. Because you're fighting for me and you're fighting for liberty. Not just guns, but you're fighting for liberty for everybody. All right, guys. Now, even though it doesn't seem like it, today is now Wednesday. I started this thing on Sunday. There's been a lot of stuff going on here at the home front. Uh, that I've been pretty busy with. So 
I've kind of come back. Today is actually Wednesday. It's the uh, 16th of January, 2013. Ooh, there's a lot of stuff that has been going on. Uh, like I said, I've been contacting my uh, representatives. I've also contacted every one of my state representatives, whether they were Democrat or Republican, whether I lived in their district or not. Or they, I guess I should say whether they represent my district. Uh, I sent everybody email. I've called everyone and said, do under no circumstances support any new firearms registration. Or not registration. I actually said, and I wrote out a little thing so that I could, I wouldn't stumble over it like I'm doing now. And I, I don't know where I put the paper. But basically what I wrote out was a thing when I called and left messages and uh, forum that I don't want to see any new restrictions on firearms or firearms accessories and I don't want to and if there are any bills that come through I want you to oppose those very short very succinct to the point boom in and out Uh, and I I will do that every week it takes a little bit of time it takes about 20 minutes total um, to call them up and and, because most of the time you're just leaving a message Uh, and again if you do it short and quick you can and it really probably takes about 30 minutes so if you can take 30 minutes out of your week just once a week to do this you can get all your reps and get everything done and like i was saying on sunday it's very very important that you do this they need to hear from you already in arizona and if you go over to the to the facebook um to my facebook page which is just tony brown uh, or the firearms cafe or even armed ape um I've, I've put up lots of links and things like that, uh, especially, oh, you know what? Actually, what would probably be better, even and even if you live outside of Arizona, I would urge you to go over to the Arizona Citizens Defense League, to their Facebook page and like their page, sign up for um, their, their um, newsletter, sign up for uh, to, to be um, informed of anything that comes up. And I know some of you guys, you know, if you live in, you know, Texas or uh, if you live in Utah or if you live in California, you say, well, you know, why would I do that? They're, they're not in my state. Again, what you can see is you can see what we're doing here. You can see, oh, okay, here's some good wording. Here's some good stuff that I can do. And um, th- these, you know, I, I can maybe get some good ideas for what's going on. So, uh, again, uh, like I said, if you go over there and sign up, if you can, send them some money. If you can, send the NRA some money, send Second Amendment Foundation money. Uh, right now, you can't buy hardly any ammo anywhere. So, take that maybe uh, $60 that you would have spent and send each one of your organizations 20 bucks if you can. Um, I'm a member of Arizona Citizens Defense League. I'm a member of the NRA. I'm a member of... Uh, Second Amendment Foundation. I'm a member of Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership uh, because these are all the ones that I think actually do stuff and get information out there and that make a difference, especially in, in uh, for a state organization in Arizona. I don't think there is a better organization than Arizona Citizens Defense League. Uh, our membership has really, really grown. Uh, they do not bombard you with stuff. It's not like you're going to get a ton of stuff from them like how you do from the NRA. Again, that's one of the things that I don't like. I think what you can do if you don't want to get bombarded with stuff is you can call them up uh, or you can send them an email or something and say, hey, please don't send me any more stuff. 
you know, I'll, uh, I'll send in a donation once a year if I can, but I don't want anything. And they'll, they'll, I think they'll honor that. Um, so anyway, what, what stuff has been going on? I just listened to a little bit of an excerpt of the, uh, latest Obama speech that he did. And again, today is the 16th of January. And basically what he called for is some of the stuff that we thought he was going to do, which is he called for, he wants to end private sales, which he's, which he basically termed in, in, or couched in terms of having better background checks. He, he called upon Ronald Reagan's ghost to say that, you know, Reagan supported the uh, ban of assault type weapons, uh, the things that he is, which, which he really, he didn't, um, you know, Reagan, a lot of times is put up on a pedestal, which I don't think he deserves to be on. If you really look at his presidency, he did a lot of nonsense. Um, did a lot of things that he said he wasn't going to do. And, you know, he's, uh, he's held up as this great and wonderful conservative. And, you know, that's a problem that we have, in politics today, we put all these guys up if we think that they you know, are saying the things that we want them to say. We put them up on these pedestals. Now, there's a big difference between supporting somebody and maybe admiring somebody and putting them up on a pedestal and sort of worshiping at their feet and that thinking that, well, they could do no wrong or they never did anything that was wrong or they never made any poor decisions. Look, these guys are our, supposed to be our representatives. Everybody from the mayor of your little tiny town all the way up to the president is supposed to do things that adhere to the Constitution and that increase individual liberty and individual freedoms. And again, like I said before, by doing that, you increase liberty and freedoms and justice for everybody. And that's not what we're doing. What we have now is basically rock star politicians. Uh, you know, you look at the inauguration, and if, and if you do a little bit of... Uh, Checking into that, I think they're actually going to have two inaugurations, uh, one of, one that will be televised, and so we'll be able to see our new little prince and princess parade around. Um, it, it boggles them. Anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm getting off here on other stuff. So let's let's kind of get back to, the, to, to the, some of the bands that he wants. Again, he wants to knock down the magazine capacity to just 10 rounds and again for them that's just going to be a starting point um he wants uh, again a total ban on the sale manufacture of firearms again he wanted to ban any type of um private sales he was talking about that he's going to put some things uh, going to do some executive orders to put some things in place that give the uh, medical professionals and police and fire, you know, fire firemen and all these other people and teachers, more tools to be able to diagnose mental illness. Well, again, uh, when I talked on Sunday about the uh, email that I got from Joe about how they're going to use mental illness as a tool to really restrict people from owning firearms. So again, you're going to start to see things probably that when you go to a doctor for your appointment, they're going to say, do you have firearms in the home? And there's going to be probably a, a series of five or six questions about, well, do you have them? Yes or no. 
and if you don't answer this truthfully, you know, it's going to be a crime. Um, they're going to say things like, well, do you have a gun safe? How many do you have? Is, are there children in the home? Blah, blah, blah. Do you have ammunition? How much ammunition do you have? Are those things secured? Um, they may even, you know, at some point they may try and go through through your insurance and say, if you have ins- if you have firearms in your home, it's going to cost you more for insurance. So, again, look for lots of attacks in the future. This is why it is so important to contact your senators, to contact your representatives, both state and federal. And if you're not doing this, if you're not willing to do this, if not now, when? If you're not, if you can't be bothered to take 30 minutes out of a week, if you can't be bothered to make three phone calls a day and get everybody contacted that you need to once a week, I don't, I don't know, I don't understand. I can't, I can't understand why you wouldn't be willing to do something so simple as that. Even if you think it's total BS, even if you're a total anarchist and you say, I'm not going to vote, I'm not going to participate, I'm not going to do this, do it as a troll then. Call them up and say, I don't want you to to get support any new legislation that bans firearms or firearms accessories. And then the laugh can be on them because you made them waste you know two minutes of their time having to listen to you. Again, if you're not willing to do this, you really are part of the problem. Generally, you know, I I believe everybody is is free to do what they want and free to make their own decisions. But there are there are certain things where if you decide not to do them, there will be consequences. If you saw that somebody's house was on your neighbor's house was on fire and you knew that their kids were in there, and you decided, well, I've got free will and I can make a choice and I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to go in there. I'm not going to call the fire department. I'm going to do absolutely nothing. That's your that's your choice. And But there will be a consequence to that. And one of the consequences might be as their house burns down, maybe yours catches on fire and yours house burns down as well. So again, I urge you, contact these people that you need to contact. You know who it is you need to contact. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, we will play uh, some of the um, uh, audio stuff that I got. And so I'll go ahead and I will drop those in now. Hi, Tony. This is New York Newbie. Uh, This is my first time, I guess, uh, sending in a message. Just want to let you know that I really enjoy your podcast. Look forward to it. just listened to podcast number 83 and I see you have number 84 up so I can't wait to get to that one I did want to comment on a few things um, mainly the uh, shootings in, in Connecticut um, I've heard a lot of things and I'm sure everybody has heard a lot of things and there seems to be a lot of finger pointing going on regarding who's to blame whether it's the schools, the NRA, the mob, um, and and the actual shooter, um, but I don't think enough people are actually blaming the actual shooter. They they blame mental illness. They blame video games and violent movies for causing 
him to act this way, but um, I would like to propose that it really has nothing to do with that. Um, if you've ever read or heard anything about Dr. Thomas Zaz, that's S-Z-A-S-Z-A, sorry, S-Z-A-S-Z, he was a psychiatrist that often um, was at odds with, with the um, main psychiatric institution. He didn't believe that mental illness should be um, used as a legal defense. Uh, for example, um, I actually had the good fortune of hearing him speak before he um, died. Um, and he often said that mental illness is used as an excuse, an excuse for undesirable behavior. Um, and he, he would talk about how, you know, if, if somebody who was schizophrenic or, or heard voices in their head and they were telling them to commit heinous and horrendous acts, um, that, that was an excuse, that was a, a legal defense um, for their, their behavior. Um, and he, and he um, would calmly, you know, tell people, well, are they really hearing voices? Well, no. Dog isn't talking to him, or, you know, he's, he's not getting messages from Satan. Well, then, what are the voices that he's hearing? Well, they're voices that his own brain is making up. So his, his brain is telling him to commit murder or other evil things. So really, his choice to do these things. For example, you know, why is it if somebody does something nice or kind that that person chose, it was a choice for that person to do those things? However, if someone does an evil or bad thing, it's called a disease or a mental illness or, or it was because of their upbringing or violent movies that they watched. There seems to be that contradiction, that, that double standard. Um, only good things are by choice, and, and evil things are, are, are due to um, a mental illness. And I don't think that's true. I don't think you should or could excuse this violent behavior just for, just uh, due to an, um, a mental illness. So I, I think that more people, instead of blaming mental illness or other things, they really need to blame murder for the Newtown um, shootings and, and really start focusing on, on, on that. I don't think get, getting rid of inanimate objects, getting rid of guns, banning guns is going to do anything, uh, which is no surprise to probably all of your listeners. Um, just that day in China, a man stabbed a dozen of school children there, and, and I believe an elderly woman, but, you know, and, and, and they have even stricter gun control laws. So that, you know, people who want to do harm will find a way to do it. About myself, I did not grow up in a household where firearms were, were present. I did not grow up 
looking at, holding, using, or being familiar with firearms any other way other than maybe toy guns and seeing them in TV shows and movies. However, after listening to Dr. Paul, Dr. Ron Paul speak and becoming a libertarian, and reading more about the Constitution, and becoming more associated with, with libertarian philosophy and being a real believer in personal responsibility and personal freedom and independence, um, I I thought I, I should go through the laborious and tedious process of obtaining a pistol permit here in New York. Um, I was very excited when I finally re received my letter and went the very next day to pick up my permit from um, the uh, sheriff's permit. Uh, that was on December 12th and December 13th, respectively. As you know, on December 14th, there were the shootings in Connecticut. Um, at that point, I really did not feel like going to a gun store and purchasing a firearm. I, um, I, I guess like the rest of the country were, was really shocked by that. However, after discussing it with my wife and talking to her about it, I did go ahead and, and purchase um, my first firearm, which happens to be a Bursa Thunder 380. Um, and, you know, she and I agree you know, that things have to change and gun-free zones um, do not help anyone except murderers and criminals. We have three children currently in school and they're all under the age of seven and after discussing we both felt that if something like this were to happen at our children's school we would certainly hope that if one of the teachers had a firearm they would definitely use it absolutely without hesitation I guess um, I can talk about my um, experiences with firearms in the future limited as it may be and how uh, it feels to be a newbie and getting into the gun culture and um, learning more about firearms and the Second Amendment uh, but I think that that should be for a, a different uh, a different day. Um, Happy New Year. I hope all is well and stay safe. Hey, thanks for sending that in, my friend from New York. You have got a tough, tough road to hoe. Uh, we'll talk about some of the things that you'd said in your email. A lot of it I agree with. There is, you know, and we've talked about this again on, on the show many times, and there, there is a a thing that's that's going on not only in American culture but in other cultures around the world of that it's not your fault that you're not responsible for anything and if you're not responsible for anything if if there's always an outside factor if there's always an outside cause for your actions and and for what you did then really nobody's responsible for anything so if you as the individual aren't responsible 
and a person who does terrible things, who goes and shoots up a school or who goes like that guy in China and, and stabs 22 people or some of the people in Japan who, who uh, they go on the stabbing sprees and they kill, you know, six, ten, uh, six to ten people. Uh, the people that released the sarin gas, you know, uh, none of those things were done with firearms. But anyway, when people do those things, of course, since since we as individuals aren't really responsible, and there's outside fact, uh, factors that that affect us and make us do these things, well, then the next the the next logical step, if that's your line of thinking, is to say, well, there's got to be something that we can blame, and, and if and if you can't blame an object, the the next thing to say is, oh, okay, well. The brain was wrong. Somehow this person was wired wrong. And therefore, anybody who has any mental illness, because again, it's, it's, a, it's a wiring thing, you can't really blame that person for that. And that's this, look, this is uh, not for, I'm not saying that there aren't legitimate mental illnesses. I do think a lot of times things, and, and what I saw in my line of work when I was in probation is a lot of times, People were diagnosed with things because sort of that was the soup du jour. And I thought it did a real disservice to the people that maybe had some of these things. And um, But I, I don't want to get too far off on that. But again, it, it is, you know, once once you buy into that philosophy of it's never your fault, that there's always something else to blame, you can really start to understand the other side of saying that um, it, it's objects or it's part of the culture of this and that rather than to say it's the individual. Because if other people can do these horrendous things and it's just part of human nature, that means that that part of human nature is in you also as a fellow human. It may be in there to a very small degree. It may be in there to a large degree. And that is a hard thing for a lot of people to accept. You were talking about that you had gotten your uh, pistol permit. Now, I don't know a lot about New York law or anything like that. Of course, I, I know some things, but not a lot. The The pistol permit, is that per, is that sort of like a firearms ID card like they have in Illinois, or is it something where it allows you for that permit to purchase one pistol in a certain amount of time? Or once you have the permit, do you have to renew it every year, or is it something that, uh, again, you could buy three or four firearms, but you could only buy them maybe two or three in a year or something? What are the waiting periods, things like that? Uh, so if you could call back and uh, and uh, let us know on that, that would be pretty neat. Another thing that you're going to have to contend with now and I don't know if there'll be legal action uh, against the seven-round limit that's in New York. But the, uh, uh, the I was reading on um, one of the news sites that I looked at, and they were talking about that the legislature in New York had passed a seven-round ban, or excuse me, a seven-round limit on magazines. So it went from their previous 10-round to seven. Why would they choose seven and not just six? You know, that, that I don't know. But again, we see that the numbers of this stuff are, are arbitrary. So in New York, if, if 
if 10 is the magic number for everybody else, and if they've already got that, why do they need to lower it? And, and the reason that they need to lower it, or the reason that they want to lower it, is for a couple of things. There's not many uh, magazine manufacturers out there, or gun manufacturers, I guess I should say, who make firearms that have magazines that are seven rounds or less. So they don't, and and, and that's not to say that something like um, some of the, the new 45, some of the, um, well, and Glock used to, what was it, the 36, I think? Was that a six round? But I don't know. But with that, and if you look at the way the legislation is, you could say, well, okay, you know, XD makes this six round 45 and Glock makes this six round 45. But a lot of them also have, because the base plate is detachable, you can add a plus two uh, base plate to it. And I think the way that the legislation reads is that if the magazine is able to be altered, even if you don't have that, uh, the base plate on it, even if, and if it's a six round magazine or a seven round one, let's say, but since we're talking about Glocks and some of the XDs and things, we'll, st- we'll stick with the six round. If there is an ability for you to take that base plate off, put a little bit of extra space on there so you could hold an extra round or two, you can't even have those. Now, I don't know in the past if uh, with the 10 round magazines, um, I don't know if that that same thing applied in New York. So what that means is, you know, you're going to have to look either maybe at a revolver. Um, if you looked at, what was it, the Smith & Wesson? I can't remember the model number, but they had one of the, it was a big three fifty seven, and it, hold, it held eight rounds. Now, since that's not a magazine and it's a cylinder that's attached to the gun, I don't know, are they going to say that, no, you can't have that revolver? So I think what you're going to see in, in places like New York is you're going to see the sort of the resurgence of the revolver. Uh, you're also going to maybe see things like... Um, that burst of thunder. I don't know. Is that a six rounder? Uh, and then can the magazines be altered? Also the Ruger. I don't know. Uh, let's say like the LCP. I don't know if that can be altered or not. Uh, I think that you can get like an extension to where you can have more than six rounds. So again, it'll be interesting to see how that falls out. Um, and I didn't really get a lot of the details on the, on the, uh, on the seven round limit. So I don't know if anything will be grandfathered in or if they're just going to say no, seven rounds all you get. Uh, but I did want to say congratulations on getting your Bursa Thunder. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny, this is kind of, we'll go off on a little bit of a sidetrack here. A lot of times people will say, well, if you live in a place like California, if you live in a place like New York, and they have these very restrictive and oppressive and draconian gun laws and they're, and they're really hard on you, just move. Well... The reality is that's not an option for everybody, and especially in this type, in, in the economy that we have now, and I don't think the economy is going to get better for a while. If you are fortunate enough to have a job and a good-paying job, you can't just move. You, you, you know, you can't uproot your families. Uh, so I've, you know, I've, I've kind of jokingly or half-heartedly or half-seriously said, oh, you know, if if you can move, but I realize that that's not an option for everybody. However, having said that, if you could move or if you could get transferred to a place like Utah or Arizona or Texas, you know, you might want to you might want to look at doing something like that. And I don't mean you personally, New York newbie, but 
Uh, I mean, other people out there, but, you know, I understand that, you know, that is a very, very drastic, drastic thing to have to do. All right, let's go ahead and uh, let's hear from Joe. Hey, Tony, uh, this is Joe, first time listener, um, just listened to show number 84, and you were commenting towards the beginning about uh, how 20-year-olds are going to have uh, magazines that'll, you know, last till they're 80. Well, I'll tell you what else is going to happen that makes gun legislation basically stupid and impossible is with the advent of 3D printers and a a very inexpensive computer-controlled manufacturing techniques. Pretty soon, anybody is going to be able to manufacture any firearm or any firearm part they want, even come up with new designs. Um, The Pandora's box is rapidly opening, and as usual, our legislatures are... Um, just oblivious, absolutely oblivious. So whatever they pass, you know, it's not going. It's really not going to matter. Um, it'll just, as with everything else they've been banned, it'll just send it underground. But uh, still, I appreciate you keeping up the good fight. Wife and I have recently joined the NRA, and I would likewise encourage anybody else out there to do the same. Thank you. Hey Joe, thanks for sending that in. Appreciate it. And hope to hear from you again real soon. Yeah, I'm really glad that you and your wife have joined the NRA. Uh, As I was saying earlier, we need all the numbers that we can get. Now, Joe brings up a really interesting point. And there's actually, uh, a few days ago, I had come across a uh, a link on Facebook uh, on a YouTube channel where these guys had actually printed up a working AR-15 magazine. Now, how durable this thing is or how long it would would last, I don't know. And they didn't, as far as I know, they didn't print up the spring. I think they used uh, maybe an AR-15 spring that they had already. Uh, But I could be wrong on that. I don't know. Uh, I don't know where they sourced the spring from. But what they did print is they printed the magazine body, the base plate, and the follower. And for those of you guys that don't know anything about uh, 3D printers, you can go on to Google or you can go on to uh, you know, a thing like Start Page, uh, which doesn't collect your IP addresses and give you some privacy. You can go onto those or you can go into YouTube and you can just type in 3D printers and you'll see a lot of the stuff. Now, the concept of this thing originally, or, or not, not originally, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, what they saw eventually that the, the concept of a 3D printer would be is that you would be able to, once you had a 3D printer, you would be able to print the majority of the parts that you would need to build another one. So that once you had this, you could make a lot of little things on your own. So much like how this guy made his own magazine body and the base plate and a follower, you could, in theory, uh, let's say on a Glock magazine, you could maybe print up the follower. You could print up a base plate if yours cracked or broke. Um, and, and as long as you had the springs, you, you could do it that way. They're trying to do an AK magazine as well, and I'm sure they'll do that. The The concept behind these guys that are that uh, are, have this channel, and like I said, I'll put a link to it, and it's called um, DX Liberty, and DXL is all capitalized, and then the, the rest of the word liberty is in lowercase, so DXL is all lower, or uppercase, excuse me, and then lowercase, I-B-E-R-T-Y, uh, for DX Liberty. 
go over there, check out their channel. And like I said, I'll have a, a, a link to it in the show notes and watch these videos. And you get the concept of what this guy is wanting to do. And what he's saying is that, and it's the same thing that, that Joe was sort of saying, is that once this technology comes, technology will sort of outstrip the laws. Now, an interesting thing, you can have a, a non-serialized firearm if you've made it for yourself and only you are going to use it and you're never going to sell it. And these, this is in compliance with ATF rules and regulations. Now, your individual state may have something that says, no, you can't. But as far as the feds are concerned, that is something that you can do. Uh, these guys on their, on their channel also have an AR lower that they're shooting through. And they had to do a little bit of tweaking with the AR, uh, the AR-15 mag, but they got it to work reliably. Now, again, I don't know how, how durable these things will be. I don't know how long they would last. One of the things of, of his philosophies he was saying is that if you can print them up, it doesn't really matter how long they would last. That if you could even get it to work once or twice and before they failed, it would be fine. But what we're seeing is, is that the things that this guy has and some of the tweaks that they've done to it is that he's shooting multiple rounds. And again, with the, with the um, AR lower that they printed up, it seemed to be able to, to accept uh, regular magazines and be able to shoot them off pretty much no problem. I know that they're also talking about trying to get an AK mag and uh, maybe be able to print certain AK parts as well. So uh, again, the point, a part, some of the point of, of Joe's thing is that once government starts to ban all these things, pretty much what it's going to do is it's going to drive everything underground and you'll have a black market. So it's really not going to stop anybody from doing anything. The idea that you're going to be able to get rid of firearms altogether, I, I just don't think is possible. Uh, there's there's too much knowledge out there. And, and again, technology will eventually outstrip anything to where you won't even have to be a manufacturer. You'll be able, you, you won't have to go to Smith & Wesson. You won't have to go to Glock for thing, you know, things like replacement parts. Um, now, again, I don't know if there are any type of things um, where you could truly have an all-plastic gun. I don't know if 3D printers eventually, if they would be able to use any type of of alloys or metal that you could print with, you know, it's like very, very thin wire. I, you know, I have no idea how that stuff would work. Probably not. Uh, but you know, who's to say a few years ago, somebody would have said, no, you can't use a printer to print out an AR 15 magazine. And yet it's been done. So eventually if it's a, if it's a thing of where you could print up this stuff in your own home. And if you had a friend that had a machine shop or if you could buy, uh, certain things to where you could make your own barrels, even if they didn't, even if they weren't the highest quality, but if they would function somewhat reliably, you know, who's to say, Uh, who's to say what the effect of any bans would be at that point? Would they be useless? And again, we we would see that in, in sort of answering that question, we see that the only people who are going to obey any type of bans or follow those laws are going to be people like you and I, who are going to be law-abiding citizens who don't want to break the law, who want to do things right. Uh, and, and that kind of leads us off into another direction of 
if the laws are truly unconstitutional, should we obey them? Should we petition our 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 legislators in our states if the if the feds pass something down to say, no, we're not going to obey them or we're not going to enforce them. And if you come in here and try and arrest the people of the state of uh, Arizona, and there's been several states that have put things out. Some of them are just in the bill stage. I think some of them have, have passed. There's There's been uh, um, certain, I think, governors and certain sheriffs that are saying that we're not going to enforce these gun bans. If, if it comes to where you're going to make people register or turn them in, we're not going to do it. And if you come in here to try and get them, we'll arrest you. Uh, so I don't know how much of that is just saber rattling, but we see, and this is going to go off on a little bit of a thing, whether you like mar- uh, medical marijuana or not, several states have said that the, the people in this state have voted and they have said things like medical marijuana are fine. And, and Obama had said in the past that he wouldn't go after these shops, but we see that he has. Um, so I think it would be the same thing. But what what we haven't seen is we haven't seen uh, the sheriffs and other police departments and police agencies on that state level and, and the governors and, and the the state governments, we haven't seen them actually stepping up and saying, if you come in here and if you uh, try and arrest people or take these things, we will then will protect our citizens and we will arrest you. We'll take you into custody. So the big question with that is, will the states stand up to the federal government? And that, that's going to be the thing that's going to remain to be seen. And we saw an example of that where Texas said, hey, TSA, you got to keep your hands off people. If you're basically assaulting people, if you're if anybody else did what you did, it would be considered a sexual assault. And if you are touching, you know, any part of the genitals or the uh, the breasts or anything like that, that we that that person who has been violated in that manner is going to actually have legal recourse against you. And of course, what happened with that is the feds came down through the, I think it was the uh, uh, FFA and said, well, we, if you do that, we're going to, we'll, we'll cancel any flights that are going to go in and out of Texas. And Texas, of course, unfortunately backed down. And I, I shouldn't say Texas, it's the officials back down. But I think in some of these other states, I don't think they're going to back down. And I think we're going to see a lot of stuff kind of come to head. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of battles between the states and the feds. I think we're going to see things that the federal government is going to start pulling funding. Um, they, it may be that the, uh, in, in certain things, they may, I don't know if they'll try and use uh, military presence or, or, try and send in maybe National Guard from other states. So let's say if uh, Wyoming is saying you're not going to do this and, and we're not going to allow you know, A, B, and C, whether or not the federal governments will take uh, guard units from uh, New York and Illinois and send them over to, to Wyoming, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I don't think it will ever come to that. Uh, but I, what I do think will happen is they will threaten to, to defund and uh, and do certain things like that. So I think we're going to see a lot of things, uh, a lot of things kind of come to a head. Again, I don't know how much of this is just saber rattling on the part of the states. However, if we go back and we look at 
the way that the Constitution was set up, it was set up for basically the stuff that we're seeing that's happening right now. If you look at things like Homeland Security, the TSA, if you look at what they are saying that they want to do and how they want to expand, if you look at things like SOPA, if you look at things like uh, NDAA and, and indefinite detention, if you look at things like warrantless wiretapping, about the only part of the Bill of Rights that's left is probably the 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 third, which basically says you can't uh, you can't force me to house soldiers during a time of peace, and and you can only do it during a time of war if it's it's if it's been legally authorized by the government or or by even like the state and local governments and all that other kind of stuff. It has to go through through certain legal channels. You, you know, on the speech that I the part of the speech that I watched with Obama. The, the they're trying to get so much power to go to the executive branch and Congress has has rolled over for so many years that the, none of this stuff should be that big of a surprise. But anyway, um, I'd be curious to hear from you guys. Uh, if you guys got any other feedback, uh, anybody out there wants to send anything in, love to hear from you. Let's kind of let's kind of change tax here a little bit. and I want to talk a little bit about, James Jaeger. Now, some of you guys know who he is. Some of you guys don't. He is a, what's the word I'm looking for? Colorful character, (laughs) being polite. He is a controversial character. He is a firearms trainer. He has, uh, what's the name of that thing? Uh, Tactical Response, I think, is his his, uh, training company. And there's a lot of people that like him. There's a lot of people that don't. There's a lot of people that think he is... Uh, you know, an arrogant a-hole. There's a lot of people that think, uh, you know, he's just, you know, kind of a prickly pear and, uh, you know, that, but, you know, that he's probably really a, a decent person and he's a constitutionalist, blah, 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 blah. What had happened to him, and I don't know what the uh, outcome of it has been lately, but he had made a video, and I'm going to play some of this stuff and I'm going to warn you here there's there's some salty very salty language so this is not going to be work safe or kid friendly or anything like that I'll play some I I took the audio out of some videos that he had up on YouTube what happened is because of the result of that of the content of those of that video especially the first video and I believe he's in Tennessee the uh, governing agency there, whoever go- governs uh, the concealed carry permits, re- revoked his status, and they said that he can no longer carry concealed under their under their state law, and that he would be able to come back and redress that thing at a, at a hearing at a future date. But as of now, they were telling him that he wasn't going to be able to do it, and they had informed him by, I guess, by phone and by letter, or however they did it. I don't know. So the question is, well, let me let me play. I'll go ahead and play what he what he said uh, from his videos. And and he what he did is he made a, a first video which was pretty in your face and inflammatory. Then he edited that video, that first video, and edited out the very last probably fifteen seconds of it. Then he came and he did another video, which was a second video. And I think the, the videos were entitled "Pack Your Bags." In the second video, he kind of goes on another little mini rant. And then he does, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a day later or however long it was. 
he does a third video where he has a, uh, a guy that was an attorney who had, had taken some classes with him. And he comes out and he basically says, look, uh, and gives kind of an explanation for the first two videos. So I'll go ahead and play those now. And what I'll do is I'll play them uh, one after the other. The, the first video I'll play, and it, it's going to be the edited version, and then I'll pause for a little bit, and then I, I'll, I'll put on the very end the last 15 seconds of that. Uh, and then I'll pause again. And uh, what I'll do is I'll play maybe a little bit of... of uh, a very small little musical interlude or something like that so that you know where these things did, uh, where they break. Then I'll play the second one, then I'll play the third one, then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. Hi, this is Jim Shaker for Tactical Response, and I'm, uh, I'm kind of mad right now. I, uh, I just got a uh, news update. Uh, today is the... Uh, the 9th of January 2013, that uh, Vice President Biden is asking the president to bypass Congress uh, and use executive privilege, executive order to uh, ban assault rifles, to, uh, to, in, in, to impose stricter gun control. Fuck that. It, I'm telling you that if that happens, it's going to spark a civil war, and I'll be glad to fire the first shot. I'm not putting up with it. You shouldn't put up with it. And I need all you patriots to start thinking about what you're going to do. Load your damn mags. Make sure your rifle's clean. Pack a backpack with some food in it and get ready to fight. I'm not fucking putting up with this. I am not letting my country be ruled by a dictator. I'm not letting anybody take my guns. If it goes one inch further, I'm going to start killing people. Hey everybody, James Jagger, Tactical Response. Uh, uh, a lot of, uh, stirred up a lot with the uh, uh, pack your bags video. So, number two here. Um, I, um, I was mad when I when I said it, um, and uh, probably uh, uh, probably allowed uh, my mouth to, to overrun uh, my logic. Uh, but I don't I don't uh, I don't retract any of my statements. Now I have edited the video and I took off the end where I said I'm gonna start shooting people. Um, first off, I don't, I don't need the the hundreds of people that have emailed me to give me legal advice that aren't lawyers. I, I didn't ask you for your fucking opinion. I didn't ask you to clog up my goddamn email. Uh, I don't need anybody to ever email me or text me or call me or smoke signal me over anything that's going on in the internet because I don't care. Now, I realize there are unedited uh, videos that, ver uh, that people have stolen from me. If you're one of the people that have stolen my video and you've uploaded it onto your site, please take it down. It's my property. It's my property. Take it down. Um, but uh, let's get let's get to the reality. People keep calling me. I mean, I've had a flood of calls from alumni, thousands of messages. I mean, it's just it's it's overwhelming what's been going on here today. This is the this is the tenth the day after. It's been it's been overwhelming visits in the store and in person and in you know all over the place. People asking me what they should do. I don't know, but I did tell you to load your mags, make sure your gun's clean, and pack a backpack. If you haven't done that, then don't call me and ask me what to do next because you haven't even done the first thing I asked you to do. Um, and people are saying stuff like, um, you know, well, you know, it needed to be said, but you shouldn't have said it. 
Well, look around. Who else is going to say it? Who else is going to say it? And all you fucking fair weather Second Amendment people, they're telling me that I'm doing a fucking disservice to the gun community by, by saying that, I, that I'm not going to stand for the tyranny. Fuck you. Our country wasn't founded by fucking fair weather pussies. Either you're in or you're out. And if you're out, don't call yourself a goddamn Second Amendment advocate. It fucking pisses me off. If you're not prepared to go all the way, then you're not prepared to go anywhere. Now, um, I don't condone anybody doing anything rash. I do not condone anybody uh, committing uh, uh, any kind of felonies uh, up, up, up to and including aggravated assaults or, or uh, murders unless it's necessary. Right now, it is not necessary. Um, and I understand that my video was very volatile and it really, I got... You have no idea how many people that sent me emails and texts and called me and it was like, right on, my shit's clean, my bag's packed, you tell me when and where. You have no idea how many, how quickly I, I accidentally assembled an army. I assure you, uh, a quite formidable army. Um, but, uh, but now's not the time. It's not time yet. It is time to get ready. It is time to get ready. Start working out. Start stretching. Start practicing. Uh, start to start talking with your friends, uh, coordinating on a on a local basis. Um, I don't really, I don't, I don't really know what to say to do next. Uh, it's it's I have a a wait and see attitude about the whole thing, but uh, but uh, I stand I stand fast with my message. I have drawn my line in the sand. Not one more inch. Hey everybody, James Jager with Task Response, and today I'm here with uh, my friend, uh, alumnus, and attorney, uh, Dana McClendenin. In my other video, I, I said some pretty volatile stuff, which I apologize for. I do not in any way advocate the overthrowing of the United States government, nor do I condone any violent actions towards any elected officials. I was very angry when I made that video and uh, I didn't have time to reflect on it before it was put up and I took it down very quickly, but it was it was uh, reposted uh, with my original thoughts. I was mad when I said it. Um, I apologize for letting my anger get the better of me, uh, but uh, I want to make sure everybody understands that it's not time for that. It, it, is, it is not time for any type of violent action. Uh, say hello, please. Evening. <laughs> um, Dana um, contacted me as a friend and said, "Hey, you know uh, uh, that that video. Uh, you know, maybe we should have said some some things about you know what people should be doing right now." And um, and so that's what we're here to talk about is what what we need to be doing right now politically to to further our cause. Well, I, I, there are some thoughts, and thanks for having me on. I I think that people need to recognize that for twenty years or so we. People in the people in the gun enthusiast industry and that kind of thing have really made some big advances. Um, you know, shall issue states have swept the nation. Almost every state you can get permission to carry a gun now. The laws have, the laws have really gone our way for a long time. Right. And um, so the process works. The, the legislative process tends to work. And by and large, we haven't we haven't done anything to burn the legislators that have trusted us 
with these laws, right? Right. So I think it's important at this time, you know, we have to understand that right now people are afraid and and they're worried and they want to know how they can not be, un, you know, unsafe. They want, they want to feel safe. Right. And not everybody's cut out to carry a gun. Not everybody's going to be a gun enthusiast. A lot of people are not going to ever be that. And they just want to walk around and feel safe. And so what's happened is uh, there are politicians out there who are using this opportunity to kind of seduce these people into believing that they have the solution for their safety. Right. And, uh, you know, we, we can talk about whether or not there's actually any validity to that, but um, they're selling safety, but they're not going to be able to deliver it the way that they're promising. Right. For that reason, I think it's important that people that are on our side of this equation talk to their legislators and tell them, remind them, hey, for 20 years, the trend's been going this direction. For 20 years, crime rates are, are dropping. For 20 years, violent crime dropping. You know, um, now is not the time to, to re overreact and apply a lot of reactionary um, policies that don't really address the problems that we're facing. Right. So I would advocate for people to realize that we're dealing with a scared population. We're dealing with people who don't necessarily think and feel like we do, and contact the legislators and let them know that we want them to stand fast in you know with our rights and our privileges and and not not do things that won't work. Right. Look at doing things that might work. Right. And have a reasonable discussion about that. Don't overreact to don't overreact to every soundbite that some politician comes on TV and says. Right, and I'll post a link uh, below the video for some ways to contact your elected officials. Yeah, if you're watching this video, clearly you know how to get on the internet. Clearly, <laughs> you so you know. And when you do contact that elected official, you know, um, do it. Uh, take the time to do it right. You know, learn the proper form of address, address it correctly, and and and, uh, and not 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 excessive capitalization or uh, exclamation points. Yeah, you're not <laughs> sending you're not sending a text to a fourteen year old. You know, try to try to make a real letter that looks like something that deserves attention and and reflection and respect. You know, I mean that I've been an elected official for a long time, and the reality is that sometimes I get emails or letters from people, and I'm ten words in, and I go. I don't even care if I agree with them. I'm done reading this. Right. You know, so um, just take the time to do it right and, and participate in the process and, you know, rely upon the fact that for 20 years it's been, it's, it's largely been going our way. And, um, and I think if we, if we maintain our heads and keep our wits about us, this thing will turn out okay. Right. And, you know, earlier this week I made a pretty inflammatory video Hindsight being 2020, I shouldn't have said some of the things I said, of course. And I just want to reiterate to everyone that it's not time to, to shoot anybody. Uh, it is What it is time to do is to organize politically, uh, contact our elected officials, and help steer the ship the direction that we want it to go. It's, uh, um, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that, um, that things have become so volatile um, but it is an opportunity for us to push forward, hold ground, or even push forward uh, at this juncture. And so the way to do that right now 
is is via letters, via emails, and phone calls to your to your elected officials. Not and not just federal. I mean, talk to your to your local people, your state people, every everybody along the chain. And even if you know, even if there's nothing going on in your state right now, that same letter sent to your governor's office explaining what you think and what you think's right still matters. It will matter at some point. Uh, that that. that Every elected official knows what their constituents want. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not asking anybody to to be any less vigilant or any less committed to their beliefs. Um, uh, but for the time being, I think the right thing to do is to is to operate within the system and make sure that you're you know you're you're acting responsibly and you're not um, you're not advocating things that are not helpful. Uh, and and trust that at the end of the day, this will this will work out okay if we all just. Do the right thing and 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 um, stay the course. Um, I really appreciate um, Dana making time on this Friday afternoon to do this. He's a very busy man. I do I do appreciate uh, him uh, clearing some stuff off his schedule for us. Um, but uh, he is uh, he's very he's very correct. Uh, everything he said I'm in a hundred percent agreement with. And um, and it's time I guess uh, you know uh, for us to kind of. Uh, reflect on what really is important in this country, and uh, and do things legitimately, uh, lawfully, um, and uh, with with no malice. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks a lot for watching. Uh, please share. Please subscribe. If you need a good attorney in Nashville, I'll uh, put his contact info down there. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Hey, guess what, guys? It's now Thursday, the seventeenth uh, of January, twenty thirteen. Hopefully, I'll be able to get the show kind of completed and done today. But lots of stuff has just been coming up where I've only been able to do bits and pieces. We'll get uh, to the James Jager video and have a little bit of commentary on that stuff here in just a second. And have some questions that I want to ask about that uh, and get your guys' opinion on it. But first. Uh, we had talked about some information that we had gotten from uh, Jim when he was talking about the printable magazines. And it seems now that they're going to, uh, some politician somewhere is, is saying that he wants to ban those as well, which really doesn't make much sense. It's like saying, well, I'm banning all all cakes. And then saying, and if you make a cake at home, that's banned too. Well, if, if a magazine of a certain capacity is banned, it's banned. It doesn't matter who makes it or how you made it or how you got it. Uh, you know, to, to have that like in, say, in the state of New York, because it holds 30 rounds already, it's it would be considered illegal. So I guess this politician wants to make it, excuse me, wants to make it super illegal. Uh, so anyway. So let's get back to the James Jager thing. And the questions that I have are, if we look at the videos as a whole, and if we look at the stuff that he that he says as a whole, and I think that what the timeline was is, let's say that, and this I'm just going to use arbitrary days. So let's say that on Wednesday he put out the first video, and it was the one where it still had the stuff on there where it says, I'm going to start killing people. Then on Thursday, he said, you know what, that's not such a great idea. I'm going to pull that down. I'm going to pull that video. I'm going to edit it, and I'm going to re-upload the video, but with the part that says that, that says where I said I'm going to start killing people, that part's gone. And then I think what happened 
is later later that day he had kind of probably calmed down a little bit more or thought a little bit better of, of some of that stuff. And so he put out another video on uh, again on let's say on Thursday. And then I think on let's say a Saturday, and again these are just arbitrary days just so we could we could have a good timeline. On Saturday, he comes in and he puts out the video saying, uh, the, the third video, basically where he's there with his lawyer friend and and kind of, some people would say backtrack, some people would say he's just explaining what he did, uh, that type of thing. So in light of that timeline, the question I have is, was the state of Tennessee, number one, right in revoking his concealed carry permit? And number two, by doing something like that, did it do anything uh, to make, if they thought he was a legitimate threat, did it do anything to make the community safer by them just saying, well, now we the state say you can't carry when they're concerned that he may take action, uh, uh, violent action against the state? Or is it just sort of a, a cover yourself thing that they did? You know, I, I don't know. Also, when he says things like when he's instructing people to pack their bags and get ready to fight, because at the end of the video he said your you know your responsibility to be ready for the fight is now. So in theory, he's calling people to action, and. That in conjunction with the thing of I'm going to start killing people, does that then val does that then constitute a valid threat to where that they could say that if you were the police or if you were uh, you know the the whatever I don't know what body in Tennessee governs the 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 carry permit should that then make him a, a person of interest type thing. Then if you say, well, if we see the next day that he came and he pulled that stuff down and changed it around and started doing some explanations, and then especially within the next couple of days of saying, hey, I don't advocate killing people, I was mad and just sort of running my mouth and blah, blah, blah. At that point, does it become a free speech issue? Because if you're if you're actually doing things where you're you're making threats. Uh, they used to, to call it one of the things that you could be charged with uh, back in my probation days when I was a probation officer. Uh, if you may, if you would make statements like that to somebody and they thought uh, this person has the, the ability to do this stuff and uh, seems to be willing to do it, you could charge that person with, that, uh, with threats and intimidation, things like that. So... Would what he said in the very first video, where the part with uh, I'm going to start killing people, would that be considered something, in, in your guys' opinion, that could be seen as threats and intimidation? And I guess the, the larger part of it is, is if we look at the videos as a whole, would you say that he should be able to get his concealed carry permit back because if they if they deny it to him in the future, are they denying it to him? And again, looking at this stuff as a whole, 
would it be then a free speech issue? Because he, a free speech issue, excuse me. Because he then is saying, I'm basically redressing grievances. And yeah, it may not have been the best way, but especially with the third video, I was, you know, I was upset, blah, 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 I did all this other stuff. And if you if you deny me, if the state or if the government denies me one of my constitutional rights based on on stuff that I said, based on making my grievances about what the government is doing or planning to do or saying it's going to do, if I'm being punished for that, is that constitutional? Do I have? Would he have a, a case or a leg to stand on in court? Could he go into a court or, or uh, just in general? Do you guys think that that what he said, even if you don't like what he said or don't like how he said it, uh, again looking at the whole th- at the thing in context, should they should they have even taken anything away, or should it now that it's been taken away, should they restore it to him? So that's that's just some of the questions I, I had on that. Because at first I thought, you know, what he... Uh, and again, like, I, I don't want this to be a thing about sort of his personality or whether we like him or not. I just want to sort of academically look at, at the situation. So uh, let me know what you guys think. Um, you can... Go over to the website and uh, at firearmscafe.com and use the speak pipe. You can record your own stuff or your own audio. Send that to me in an email, which is firearmscafe at gmail.com. Uh, or you can just write in an email and I can read it for you uh, out on the air on the next show. Hopefully, uh, I will be putting out a show, uh, hopefully again this Sunday, uh, but we shall see on that. Now, I know we've talked about a lot of kind of heavy stuff. Oh, you know what? Before I do sign off, in the past we talked about uh, there were a lot of people who were more of a libertarian bent like myself who felt that when Rand Paul endorsed uh, the GOP candidates, when he endorsed Romney and some of the other things that he did, that they felt kind of betrayed. I didn't really feel betrayed. I was a little disappointed in the way he went about stuff, but, you know, it sort of is what it is. And what I had said was, what we need to do is not nitpick every little thing that this guy does, but let's look at him, let's look at a big picture type thing and say, well, what kind of legislation is he is he proposing? What kind of things is he trying to do while he's there? And one of the things that, um, one of the, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? One of the bills that he has proposed is that he is, uh, let me pull this up here real quick. Okay, so I'm back now and I looked it up here. He is introducing legislation to nullify any of the executive actions on guns that Obama is going to do. or that. Uh, so again, we see that, 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 that a guy like Rand Paul, for us in the, in the uh, gun community, is standing by us. So again, we need to look at who is standing with us, who is standing against us. We need to look at people who in the past said that they supported the Second Amendment, but now they're getting behind uh, legislation uh, to ban guns and to ban firearms and to ban firearms accessories. And again, this is the time when you need you guys really need to pay attention. We need to uh, take note of who is standing with us and who is standing against us, who's and and who's standing on the sidelines as well. 
who are people that aren't really getting involved. So uh, again, uh, that's about, I think that's about all I'm, I think I am going to kind of draw the, uh, the show to a close right now. Uh, anyway, I will talk to you guys next time. Take care. If it goes one inch further, I'm going to start killing people. Then I ran out. I didn't grab no shoes or nothing, Jesus. I ran for my life. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Somebody was barbecuing, barbecuing, barbecuing. I said, oh, Lord, Jesus, is a fire. Then I ran out. I didn't grab no shoes or nothing, Jesus. I ran for my life. Ain't nobody got time for that. I'm going to start killing people. Superhuman strength. Oh,